Hey, it's Alina Wilson here from Estimate Mastery, and I'm super excited to have today's special guest, Kaylee Joyce from Verisk Weather Solutions, that's joining us for a conversation on hurricanes and the season that's before us here in 2023. So Kaylee, do you want to say hello to the folks? Yes. Hi, I'm Kaylee Joyce. I'm a product manager with the Verisk Weather Solutions team. Um, I'm very excited to be here. Always excited to talk about weather. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's very interesting to talk to someone like yourself that actually has a background in the science behind it and everything. So let's just for our audience, can you fill them in on where you come from and kind of how you got to the be in the position at Veris that you're at now? Yep. Yeah. So I graduated college with a degree in atmospheric science from Cornell University and then joined Verisk about six years ago. Um, so I started out as a weather analyst running a lot of analytics for our weather solutions team. And now I've progressed up to product manager. Um, so a little bit of background also, our Veris weather solutions team is a smaller division within Veris. There's about 30 of us on the team, um, mostly made up of meteorologists, software engineers, radar scientists. So it, it's a very interesting group and we have a lot of great background in the in the industry. Um, so kind of a unique division. But. Yeah, definitely. And in fact, uh, before I started talking to my contact over at Verisk, I didn't really understand that it had you, you know, you guys set aside to understand the the weather patterns and everything that happens that go, you know, goes into the storm and being prepared for that being, um, you know, at Verisk, you have to be prepared for what's going to happen out in the market in the industry. So that's really what we're going to talk about today is, you know, how are we, how should we set ourselves up? How should we be prepared for, you know, storm seasons and then kind of like looking back what's happened and that kind of a thing. So first off, I'd like to talk about this season's outlook, where we sit here. We're in August, 2023. If you're listening to this later in the year, this will still apply um, what we're going to talk about right now. So uh, what do you, what are you thinking? What is, what is, what is Verisk looking at over there? Yeah, and, and to your point about watching this later on, it's it's pretty interesting. It would be interesting to watch this in a few months to see how things have turned out. Right. Already, you know, forecasts for this season have changed in the last couple months. Um, as far as outlook for this year, there's a couple different resources that you can go to to find actual forecasts for number of storms, number of hurricanes. Um, NOAA and the National Hurricane Center are obviously a good one. Um, there's also, there's a few others. Um, another one being Colorado State University. They put out preseason forecasts. So they're using a lot of different climate models and meteorological elements to try and decide, you know, how many storms can we expect this year? How many major hurricanes? Um, and so the preseason I'm saying pre-season, the hurricane season we typically say runs from June 1st through the end of November. So that's when hurricanes start to ramp up in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, so pre-season forecasts, we're starting to call for kind of a, we'll call an average season. So based on what was happening out there in the atmosphere, you know, an average number or near average number of storms, hurricanes, major hurricanes. Um, I think average number of named storms is around 14. Mm -hmm. um, so calling for around 14 named storms. Um, I think NOAA's 
have it written down somewhere here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Noah's initial outlook back preseason was 12 to 17 named storms, five to nine hurricanes, and one to four major hurricanes. Um, and so I guess another thing to clarify, a major hurricane just means a hurricane that's a category three to five. Um, so sustained winds of at least, I think it's 111 miles per hour. Um, so those were the preseason outlooks. And already they've started to kind of increase what we're expecting for a hurricane season this year. Um, so Colorado State, which I said was another resource, they issued a new outlook at the beginning of July. And they were already saying, nope. We're expecting this to be a very active season now. So things have changed climatologically that they're like, yeah, we could see, you know, upwards of 18 named storms, which is above average. So interesting. And do you know how many they've already, of course, I'm extremely ignorant of this part of the, the industry. So how many have we had so far? Yeah, so we've actually had four named storms so far. Um, what made this year unique is that we actually had three named storms in June, which I, I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure historically this hasn't happened before, or it's just far above average. So June 1st, which I said was like the start of hurricane season. Um, we already had tropical storm Arlene out in the Atlantic. And then we had tropical storms, Brett and Cindy form in June. Um, and then Dawn was the first hurricane of the season. Um, and that was, you know, spinning out in the Atlantic hundreds of miles off of Canada, but we have had four already. Um, it has slowed down a bit. Um, as of mid July, we'd had those storms. We haven't seen anything in a, in a few weeks, but that's not to say that they're not coming. So, um, yeah, it's been it was an active start to the season and, and it's kind of slowed down a little bit. But yeah, and this is a, a question I didn't really prep you for. So if you don't know the answer, that's fine. But, you know, statistically, you talk about name storms, not name storms. I'm thinking all oh, these storms are headed for the U.S. They're, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Hey, God, they hang mm-hmm. out in the Atlantic. They die. What was it? But statistically, how many out of a storm season would hit, you know, land? Um, whether it be out in, you know, the islands or, or U S proper. Yeah. And, and unfortunately I don't know that stat directly. That's okay. Um, could look it up and get back to you afterwards if we want to post it somewhere. Um, it's, it's usually a few a year. Again, it changes year over year. Um, I guess one thing to just keep in mind too, is last year we had, it was overall average in terms of named storms, but it was one of the more destructive years in terms of damage and loss costs, just because of, we had Hurricane Ian, which just devastated Florida. Um, Fiona impacted Puerto Rico pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, so it is, it, it really just takes one storm to make a hurricane season memorable. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was going with it is, you know, we hear, oh, it's going to be active and then our brains go, oh my gosh, but you don't know. It's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, curious. Like you said, you just, Ian was so devastating and that's one storm that we'll move, remember for at least, you know, whoever knows how many years it was so bad in some areas. 
uh, how long the effects will be, you know, there and being in the property restoration industry here with what we do and what the listeners are, are dealing with, you know, they're directly affected too. So that's uh, just why I was, I was thinking, you know, we're on a weird, we're in a weird uh, catch 22. We want work, but we don't want there to be a storm or, you know, a disaster, but we're here to help you whenever it does hit. So it's a funny um, industry, uh, yeah. but I love it because it's recession proof. There always will be a storm somewhere happening that we can help people. So that's, what's great about what we do. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's a great segue into let's, let's take hurricane Ian for uh, instance from last year with you at the uh, weather solutions area of Verisk, how did that affect what y'all do? What kind of talk me through, you know, what happened there and, uh, and how it would affect you as a product manager? Yep. Yeah. So whenever there is a, like I said, we are a team made up of meteorologists and weather nerds to say the least. So we're paying attention to anything happening in the Atlantic um, and the Pacific, but right now the products that we have are only running in the Atlantic, but we will be expanding them globally in the future. Um, But that's our focus really now. Um, And so we do have our own hurricane model that we run. It's called Respond is the product and we have Respond Hurricane. Um, And so that product actually starts running as soon as a storm is named, um, Mm -hmm. as soon as it it becomes tropical storm, you know, dawn. we start running that product automatically starts running. And so what that is, is it's a um, five day outlook of the maximum sustained winds as well as maximum wind gusts. And it is updating four times per day. Um, So it's a forecast and we're delivering that data to our customers. Um, We also work very closely with our customers in the insurance industry, as well as adjacent markets. So kind of think of us a little bit as consulting too. We will deliver out forecasts, um, narratives to our customers. Um, If we start to think that this storm might impact land, we'll issue out written forecasts for them to follow along with. And then if they have questions, obviously they can come back and we can give some clarifying answers there. Um, But our products are running in that forecast side of things. So with Ian, we were tracking Ian from the very beginning as it got closer to landfall. And the important thing to realize with these hurricane forecasts, if you've ever looked at the National Weather Service or National Hurricane Center forecasts, they're constantly shifting just a little bit. These models are constantly taking into account different factors. And especially with the track of Ian, it it did shift quite a bit. So initial forecasts were calling for a more northward landfall in Florida. Um, And as it got closer and closer, it shifted further south. Um, And even right before it made landfall, you know, forecasts shifted it a little bit more further south, um, where it eventually made landfall near Fort Myers. Um, So our customers who had access to our data, you know, they were tracking these forecasts as they updated throughout time. Um, And then even after it makes landfall, we continue tracking the storm. Because in the case of Ian, it, it moved across Florida and went out over the Atlantic again and then made a second landfall. So um, we do provide forecast information when there is a hurricane or named storm. Um, and then, like I said, we do kind of provide services and assistance if customers have questions about you know, specific impacts. Um, 
Yeah. So I guess a lot of our customers using this data to um, it's one so that they could use it for analytical purposes too, to say, okay, based on where this is going to hit, how is it impacting our portfolio or our book of business in terms of like an insurance company um, or just allocating resources? Where do we need to be ready to have people on the ground to respond to this event? So that's kind of how the, the forecast information is used on that side of things. But I got you. Yeah. So is that released? Um, you know, if anyone who is using Xactimate or exact analysis, is that something that, you know, if, if that we would have access to, do you know? Um, we do have it available in, in our own platform that we call respond map so that you mm-hmm. can actually visualize the forecasts. Um, so it's not currently built into Xactimate or exact analysis. Um, if anyone was interested in getting access to the data, they should definitely reach out to Verisk or any of their Verisk reps to get in touch with us and, and we can talk them through with them probably. Okay. Uh, yeah. So is, at the, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just saying it is a bit of a standalone product right now, just in terms of the forecast for the hurricane data. Yeah. Because we've got, you know, pretty big um, restoration companies who have, multiple offices in multiple areas. I'm just wondering, you know, if they could shift resources like you were talking about and be prepared for what's going on. That's that's, uh, intriguing to me, but we'll talk about how to contact uh, here at the end. Mm -hmm. So hang on for that uh, if you're listening here. So uh, with that, that Ian forecast, everything that happened there, was it, was it able to, you know, you said it shifted at the last, at the last moment, but for the most part, is it in enough of a general area that that it is a very useful tool for those that are trying to to do what we just talked yeah. about? Yeah, definitely. And and the forecasts were were pretty close. It was just if you looked at it over time, it just slowly shifted further and further south. Um, but yeah, it it is pretty close. And like I said, we do display the maximum sustained winds and the maximum wind gusts. So that's information we're trying to portray with with these forecasts. Um, and then actually we do have post-event information. So basically we take the footprint, the best footprint of what happened with Hurricane Ian, and we are making adjustments um, based on a few different factors, um, surface roughness. Um, so basically how winds are interacting with land versus water. So that's all built into the algorithm. And then we also pull in weather observation data from weather stations, airports, to adjust the wind speeds a bit. Um, But basically our post-storm file is the best look at what happened in terms of winds with a system. So once we develop out this post-storm file, it can then be used to look at and say, okay, these are the most significantly impacted wind areas. You know, do I have properties in this location? Do I have to respond in this specific location? So it's basically just to pinpoint specific impacts after the fact. So that's what we call our post-storm data then. So, yeah. Um, And is it pretty, you know, how, uh, not accurate, but like how to down to like the foot or inch, or is it like, you know, within this mile or is it in this zip code kind of, how do you. It's, it's very granular data. Um, And so you can zoom in, we say to a property level. Okay. It is, you know, at a, at a gridded level to like about a kilometer, I think. But it is, if you were to zoom into 
a property, you could you could see probably the impacts or general impacts at that location. So um, interesting, highly granular data, yeah. Yeah, because what we run into as on the contractor side of the industry is that they'll go out, they'll look at the roof, they'll try to determine, you know, is this what what wind, you know, speed was was actually here, and we try to, you know, they try to approximate it with some other kinds of weather reports. That's why what you do is so interesting to me. Um, it's like if we could, you know, unequivocally prove, look, it's in this swath where there was 111 mile an hour sustained winds. It's like, well, of course that that class of shingle can't handle that sustained wind. Therefore, you know, we need to replace whatever. So that's kind of what I'm looking at from a contractor standpoint is just to back up like, hey, these are facts. It's not my opinion that this is damage. It's like, this is the fact is what happened. Um, and we can rely on this data. Let's move forward with the repair or whatever it is. That's that's really what's so valuable for, for our listeners um, on this side of things. So yeah. that's very intriguing. Yeah, so we actually do have a product that helps with that then too. Um, basically, we're taking that respond data, um, that post-storm footprint of what happened, and we're pulling it into a property-specific report. So you could search for a specific location, and we would return what the maximum sustained winds were at that location for the storm, what the maximum wind gusts, three-second wind gusts were for the storm, um, and all that is pulled into a report. Mm-hmm. And to your question about granularity too, I think we provide it in bins. So like, this is what we're saying happened at the property, but then also here's a one mile bounding box. Here's a five mile bounding box. So if it does account a little bit for, if there's a bit of a error, it would say, okay, we're saying there's only 40 mile per hour winds at the property, but then within one mile, there's 50 and then within five miles there was 80 so then maybe you're like oh maybe i should go check it out because there might have been an 80 mile per hour gust nearby so we do provide a range usually in those types of reports just to account for that but interesting um, so that's that's called our benchmark reports just for reference okay so benchmark reports would be um now we're discussing of course the topic and you'll see that in the title is about hurricane but of course our people also work a lot of windstorms across you know the midwest uh hailstorms you know big one just hit colorado is that something you know you mentioned you were kind of staying out near the atlantic or that is kind of where you know your uh, data is coming from am i you know what i'm trying to ask here is are, is there other weather reports that could be pulled from something like benchmark yep there definitely is so the atlantic is really just for our, our hurricane data. Right. Um, that's just the focus. But we do have US wide hail and wind data as well. So um, we have respond hail and wind, which you could use to visualize the data um, after an event. And what's unique about that data is it's what we call near real time, in that we're tracking hailstorms and windstorms as they're occurring. So the data is mm-hmm. available like every 15 minutes. For hail, for wind, it's every hour. Um, or you could look at it post event and say, oh, this is where the hailstorm happened in Colorado. This is where the largest hail happened. Um, so we do have that av- data available visually if you wanted to look at it in a map. Or we also have the benchmark reports available at a property specific level as well. So, okay. So that's what I'm trying, I'm understanding is so a property specific level, we want a benchmark report. <laughs> if we want to pull a hail map or wind data, that's going to be. 
respond. That's what I'm going to circle that one. Okay. Yeah. So it's really interesting is, you know, contractors will look for an area that has like red, like red, you know, (laughs) it's like, we're going to go knock doors over there, you know, that kind of a thing. And then if they get a property specific problem, they could go pull the benchmark. Okay. That's exactly the workflow. (gasps) It's like, I've done this No, no, no. That's awesome. Yeah. I see. I didn't know Verisk had these kinds of tools at our disposal. There's other, you know, similar things on our, in our market, but the nice, nice thing about getting a Verisk tool that does something like this is it's not, um, it's like the insurance company uses Verisk and the contractor already uses Verisk. So it's like an evil, even, so it's like an level, even playing field. So both sides, they already know, you know, we both use Xactivate, we both use Exact Analysis or whatever it is. So it makes it more of less of a contentious environment to have a conversation like, well, actually the various report shows we've yeah. got this benchmark report showing, you know, this data and and taking the opinion out of it as much as we can and just dealing with facts is really our goal. And yeah. uh, that's, this is a big, a big help with a lot of that. especially storm related data having those tools available either if it's for research into an event or just trying to to fast track something trying to be like oh we saw this property there was to entail you you know this is where we target it's you know there's a few different use cases for sure on both the contractor side and then maybe the insurance and insurance adjuster side of things um but to your earlier point too, the benchmark reports are actually integrated into exact analysis and exact meet. Um, it is something that you can have turned on or enabled in those platforms. Um, so it makes it very easy to just order a report right through exact um, to have it handy, have it there for your reference in your documentation if needed. Um, there's also a use case too that We've seen a little bit more common with some of the insurance carriers or IA companies um, where they're automating benchmark reports and alerts. So if a hurricane assignment comes in or an assignment is labeled as hurricane, they're automatically delivered a benchmark report on that hurricane assignment or claim so that they have it at their disposal. And then those can also be pushed down from exact analysis into exact mate too. So that's that's amazing. That's really good to know as well. Wow. How do you know how long this service has been out for? Um since I've joined the company. So before since so before six years prior. So Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just curious. Um Yeah. We've made just a- we've made a lot of updates in recent years and, and the workflows a lot easier now to integrate um and to use. Um and one nice thing too is if you're an exact analysis and you're enabled for benchmark reports and you order one, it usually only takes a few minutes then to be delivered. It's it's pretty automatic process then. That's amazing. Yeah, that's good to know too. Okay. Well, I think that's all of our questions that I had uh, here to go over today. And so I really appreciate you being here. Any parting thoughts or last um, things that you can think of to mention? No, if there's any questions too about Hurricane or, you know, definitely feel free to reach out to me or my team. Um, Definitely good to be prepared for hurricane season as much as you can. Like I said, it really only takes one major storm. Um, There's a lot of resources out there, either from us or National Hurricane Center, if you're looking for more information too, so. Yeah, excellent. Uh, What's the best way for folks to get in touch with the uh, various weather solutions 
Um, either, if you have a Veris rep or an account person that you work with, they could put you in contact with me or I'm happy to provide out my contact information to as needed. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. So just to wrap up, I hope that was really useful information for everyone listening. And uh, remember, the respond weather data is going to be like your hail maps or your wind maps or, you know, the kind of the overall. And then if you want the property specific information, it's the benchmark report that you want to ask for. And again, like Kaylee said, you can reach out to your various rep, whoever you contact when you have to re-up Xactimate. Uh, They usually send you an email. You should be able to find, you know, what you need from them. Um, Also, you can always reach out to pricing at 800-424-922 eight and just ask a question like this, like, how do I get a benchmark report? They also can help you if you're not clear who your rep is. So uh, thank you, Kaylee, for being here with us. And we really appreciate your time. And uh, definitely, we'll be on the lookout to see what happens this storm season. And we're excited to see what happens either way. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. If you need to reach us here at Estimate Mastery, you can always email info at estimatemastery.com. You can search on YouTube, Estimate Mastery, and we're also on Facebook. So if you want to take a look, we are out there in the world with our ear on the ground for things like hurricane season and everything up and coming. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.